Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm so excited to be with you here today. We are in Big Up Studios in Denver, Colorado. We have one of the founders of Uncle Tim's Cocktails, Tim Falkner. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. Thanks for having me. So excited to be here today. Yes. Now, this convo has been kind of a long time coming. I ran into you guys at one of our local events this summer, and I always have my eye on things that look cool and taste cool and and whatnot. And then I found out you're actually local in Lakewood, like right up the street from my house. Uh, We jumped on a phone call, and I'm like, you got to come on Turmeric and Tequila and tell the story of, you know, kind of how you got started. This is a, the great example of following your passion, making a pivot and kind of taking a leap into something totally new. Um, so wait, before we get to the business story, tell okay. us, tell us about young Tim, like give us a little background on, on how we grew up and the backstory. Sure. Yeah. Well, I was born in California, but raised in Minnesota. So I got some, some Midwest roots. Um, and one of my first jobs was in a restaurant and I was kind of lucky enough to find like my passion very early on. I, you know, just really loved food and beverage and like, just like when you got to make someone's day by finding them the right, you know, wine or beer or, you know, cocktail or something. Um, I think I wasn't even old enough to drink yet, but I realized there was just kind of magic in the combination of food and beverage. And did you start as a server or bartender? Uh, I started as a dishwasher. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You very, know, just, very early. Yeah. But even then I kind of knew that like that this was something that I wanted to do. And so okay. I started going to school for business. I kind of worked my way up into restaurants. I started managing restaurants by the time I was like 20 years old. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And, you know, just really kind of was a sponge. I was learning everything that I could about restaurants and, and food and beverage. Uh, moved to the front of the house, you know, was doing um, a general manager. So kind of all the front of house stuff from, uh, hiring staff to, uh, you know, putting together wine and cocktail menus and things. So yeah, I kind of quickly worked through the ranks and spent a long time, uh, you know, doing that. I, I moved out to California when I was in my early twenties, uh, helped open six different restaurants just like, I think I found that that was a passion of mine was like, getting something off the ground, like up and running, starting something from nothing, walking into a building and there's, you know, literally nothing. It's a construction zone. And then, you know, the, the vision of how do we build this out? Where are we going to put the bar, the seats, you know, what's the menu going to look like? And so I started doing that at first for other people who, you know, wanted to utilize my talent. And then I kind of figured out like, Oh, I want to do this for myself. I want to, you know, make my own visions come to life. So um, started doing that, opened a couple of my own restaurants in San Francisco. Okay. Um, you know, and I was in the restaurant industry for about 15 plus years. Um, and I think eventually that kind of also takes its toll on you where you realize like, oh, I work every night, weekend, holiday, um, and took a step back and realized like I probably needed to find something more sustainable. Um, and my wife agreed, uh, that, you know, needed to find something that wasn't gonna, you know, burn me out, but give me a little bit more, you know, joy and life. And I think like all of us, like we need to, you know, find a new path at some point in our, in our lives. And, um, I knew for me, I wanted to stay in food and beverage, but I wasn't sure how, um, and I had been making these bottled cocktails for a number of years, just as a way that like when I'd have people over my house, 
Um, I didn't get stuck behind a bar. I'm sure we've all had that experience. Yeah. If you if you if you make cocktails, you kind of know what that's like. You're hosting people. I was usually cooking as well, so switching back and forth between like as my guests are arriving, making them a cocktail, going and making appetizers, and so I was always kind of stuck in the kitchen or the bar. Um, and so I started bottling cocktails as a way to like get just out from the behind, <laughs> yeah, and just say, hey, pour yourself a cocktail. It's everything you need is in the bottle. Just you know, grab a cup, grab some ice, and and pour it. Maybe add a garnish. Um, You're a good so, host. Mine would get like, there's a two liter of Sprite and a tequila right there. Like, <laughs> however you want to mix it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it just came from my years in the restaurant industry. Like, yeah. I always had some sort of cocktail that I was working on or, you know, I was prepping some special simple syrup or making a shrub or something. And so I just kind of wanted to utilize that yeah. and make something a little bit, you know, special that, that oh, I'd paired this specifically with this dish. Um, you know, I think I'm just always out for like these fun flavor combinations. Actually, how I gained the nickname Uncle Tim. It's it. Yes, I am an uncle. I get that question oh, all okay. the time. Became okay. an uncle when I was 11 years old. But why this is called Uncle Tim's Cocktails is a nickname a friend of mine gave me that um, they just said, you're like a cool uncle that just has really good taste. It's yes. always introducing us to new flavors. <laughs> so it kind of stuck. I started writing it on the labels of my bottles that and oh you know, I'd give them out as gifts and people were like, where can I buy these? You know, um, so it always kind of stuck in the back of my mind that bottled cocktails could be a thing. But I didn't really see it as viable really until COVID when oh, okay. things shut down. And I realized that, oh, people can't go out to their neighborhood bar or restaurant anymore. Um, it's when we really started to see canned and bottled cocktails really take off. Yeah. And that was when I saw, oh, there's there's real viability in this being a business. Yeah. So yeah, it gave me also time to work on it. Uh, it took me about kind of two years to put the business plan together. Okay. And so we launched, um, you know, in 2020, kind of coming out of COVID. Well, this is, so this is kind of crazy. Did you, I want to ask this first. Did you grow up in like a foodie family? Was like anyone cooking in your house or like, were they really into like tasting nice things? Like, was that in the background at all? Yeah. So I, I think my grandparents owned a deli and this was, they okay. sold it before I was born, but my mom and her sisters uh, all worked in the deli. And so I remember hearing these, um, you know, stories that my, that my mom and my aunts would tell about like, oh, back in the day when we all used to work in the deli and just how much fun it was. And so I think that was originally what got me interested in food and beverage and restaurants. And then, like I said, when I got into it, I just felt like it was already in my blood. Yeah, it's in I there. loved it. And then it wasn't until I launched Uncle Tim's Cocktails that my grandfather said, oh, well, it really is in your blood. And I was like, yeah, I, I know that. And he's like, no, your, your great grandfather, his father was a rum runner during Prohibition in New what? York. Yeah. Why Helping. does family hold back on the best stories? We had to hear the dumbest stories about that over, and then they well, bust out the good ones. I, so I asked him that, and he was like, "Well, because he was a criminal." And I was like, "So?" It's like, "What?" Oh, a, what a, a, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we know all families are corrupt in some capacity. Yeah. so like, there's no bubble. To and I was here. like, you know, I think you know, there's all like, I don't know. That Plus was it was like a hundred years ago. Like, yeah, whatever. it was like 1920s, 30s. Like this is like I. <laughs> You'd probably catch me, you know, rum running these days too. I mean, all I hear is entrepreneurship in that. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. So it really was like in the blood. Yeah. I mean, luckily I don't have to smuggle it. You know, I'm I'm all, you know, legal. But yeah, I think that, you know, really kind of helped set a like a, I don't know, put a little wind in myself. Like, yeah, I can do this. We're doing this, you know. Um, And so, you know, the business model is really we work with other distilleries uh, and we buy some really premium spirits and then we mix and bottle. We create our own special recipes for our cocktails 
Um, so we're 100%, you know, bottled cocktail focus. We do Negronis, Manhattans, and we're about to release our Old Fashioned series. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, these are exactly what you you see here. I brought you a couple of samples. I, of I'm so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about this new release. And I, I want to go more to that, but I want to... Uh, I want to hear more about this because just as a branding professional, I love yeah. that you actually had pieces of the path laying itself out like before you even had the conscious choice to like make this a business. Mm -hmm. I mean, even like the Uncle Tim's, like you didn't even need a marketing or branding person. Like it was just sort of happening. Did As it was kind of unfolding, did you see like this path kind of going or were you just like unconsciously going with it? I think I was just going with it. Like yeah. I remember, you know, the first label I made for it that said Uncle Tim's, I like printed out on, you know, a printer sticker paper and mostly just because I wanted to give them as gifts, but I didn't want to just do the handwritten labels. So I made them like really professional looking and said Uncle Tim's cocktails. And but this was like a decade ago. Yeah. And with no intention of it ever being a business. It was just kind of like, oh, I want to give this special thing as a gift to my friends who call me Uncle Tim's. And it was kind of a fun thing. I, that, that's huge because I think if you're listening and you have entrepreneurial aspirations or you're just doing something out of like passion and fun, that could be the first like flag in the forest that you're going the right way. Yeah. You just got to follow it. And I, and I really think the more it's just like out of that pure space, likely the more viable it is, is as a business because you're going to want to stay in it. Even right. if it's hard and go around. But sometimes if you're out there and you're wondering like, Sometimes the messages are happening in motion when you don't even know. Yes. You just have to pay attention a little bit and just keep moving in that direction. Yeah. And well, I think the other thing it helped me to do is get some feedback on, okay. you know, I was, I, I loved doing graphic design. And so I like, I started making them pretty, pretty nice, but I'd get feedback on the labels that, you know, again, not really thinking about turning into a business, but people be like, oh, you should make this, this part bigger or do this. And I'm like, okay. And so I'd like iterate <laughs> on them. Uh, and kind of make the labels. And so I think the branding really started developing itself mm -hmm. even before I knew I wanted to launch it as a business. Yes. Um, and that was kind of really fun to see. They were like, oh, you need to put, you know, the steps on there. And so that's something that we have on our labels today. Or I started handwriting these batch numbers, you know, and that's something it. we keep on the labels today. So, Well, as a marketing branding professional, I always say, like, I'm a phenomenal creative. But the best thing you can do is get to know the client, really the mission and the, the human behind the mission. And then reveal what's already there versus, like, create something new. Because everyone's, yeah. like, if you're, especially if you're really passionate about it, like, there's something really cool and beautiful and creative and unique already there. You totally don't need to reinvent the wheel. You just have to tell the story. Right. And like tell what it is. And people are like, oh, shit, that's so cool. Like that actually happened. It wasn't yeah. just a creative like putting it together. Like this is the truth. And that's that's pretty special. Right. Well, and I think if you if you're not in a hurry to launch a business, then those years <laughs> of test marketing yeah. for us were really valuable. You know, yeah. even once I figured out that I wanted to launch it as a business, we spent almost two years testing recipes and really you know, refining, you know, the, the, the spirits that we wanted to use, um, really dialing in the labels, these box sets, kind of what our, um, our go-to-market strategy was going to be. And so I think it really, it really kind of helped that my business partner and I like really took our time to, to figure out those components, uh, to the business. So then when it, when it came time to launch, we had so many ideas and we had kind of thrown out a lot of the bad ones and, you know, hopefully kept a, a lot of the good ones and, um, yeah, just give yourself time to iterate. For yeah, sure. I agree. I think it's always um, kind of like the measure twice, cut once. <laughs> Notoriously, I probably yeah. cut probably first and then just cut a bunch of times and got a new piece of cloth. Yeah, don't do that. Um, but I do. I think not rushing it, taking your time. And again, also just like letting the story unfold a little bit. You got to do your market research. You got to approve concept, all these things. 
And I think even as you're testing that, you're kind of already building your community because you're you have people engaged in the process along the way. Mm-hmm. So you already have like buy-in from like your future influencers as you're doing all this stuff. And then when they they're when they're a part of the process, they're that much more engaged in what's happening. Right. Did yeah. you guys have people from like the very beginning that are in the mix that are still in the mix now? Yeah, absolutely. We have, I mean, some of our so our first uh, as we were getting launched, we did a friends and family round of investment. So some of my friends who, you know, tried some of these cocktails 10 years ago are investors <laughs> in our company. That's awesome. So it was really cool to see our friends take this ride with us yeah. and really kind of, you know, want to see us succeed. But, you know, they were some of the ones that uh, were there from the beginning before it was even a business idea. I love it. No pressure, like when it's your friends and family either. Oh, right. It's totally different. It's like playing, like when you do individual sports versus team sports, you're like, oh shit. Like there's pressure when it's just me. But now that we got the whole crew in the yeah. mix, like it's a whole different animal. Uh, so tell me about the move from San Francisco, like food, beverage, like there's yeah. a lot going on. It's a big city to Denver. Obviously I'm a born and raised Colorado kid. So I'm biased, okay. uh, but it's a, it's a switch. And when we talk about this in my creative spaces, like these are still growing markets compared to like big cities. Yeah. Like tell me about that switch from San well, Fran to Denver. I think both uh, my wife and I had spent over a decade in San Francisco and I think we were ready to, to be someplace a little bit smaller, but still be in a city. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to, you know, do the typical, like, buy a house, start a family, all of that. But we still wanted to go out to be able to get, like, a nice meal and, yeah. you know, see a show. And, you know, Denver, to me, felt like a nice mix between my, you know, Midwest roots and, you know, a big city like San Francisco, you know. And I know a lot of people complain about the the pricing out here, but at least it was a little more affordable than, than San well, Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco is comparable <laughs> to like New York City nowadays. Yeah, so it really is. you're the one human out here that's not complaining. So we'll take the positivity wherever we can yeah. get it. Um, so it definitely was a, a bit of a shift, but also kind of welcome. I was ready to slow down a little bit. Yeah. And I think I've noticed that the the culture of of Colorado is great. People really value the outdoors. And so, you know, I don't work in an office, but I try to just absorb the culture of like, yeah, it's okay to like clock out early on a Friday and head up to the mountains. And, you know, I certainly work a lot less than I used to. Yeah. Um, and to me, that was like a, a goal of moving out here, just having better work-life balance. Absolutely. Well, here's the beautiful thing. Like, I, I mean, most, I'm very obviously involved in, I'm a longtime athlete, competitor, and then there's a lot of social that goes with that, after parties or whatever, tastings mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. But I would always have um, like stickers or something on me and had zero intention of like any business conversation and then be on a ski lift and, you know, we'll drink a shooter of something and they'll be like, oh, where'd you do that? Da, da, da. The social has been probably 80% of my best clients. And I'm not even talking about like big money deals, but like some of the humans I really have enjoyed working with the most. So opportunity is everywhere. You don't always have to have this mindset. Like I'm working nine to five in the office. If you're walking out and you genuinely bleed something, people, the client, the next opportunity can come to you if you're just out there and talking about it and, and just living it. Right. Have you, have you had that at all happen to you? Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) I think, you know, um, I, I mean, Uncle Tim's cocktails, obviously named after me. I feel like I'm I'm always on, you know, when I'm when I'm out you there. You did that to yourself, man. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I think that you know this is it. Also, the brand is like who I am. I yeah. love to host. I love to entertain. Um, I love bringing people together, especially over food and beverage. I find that like when you really break bread with someone or have a cocktail that like you get you take time to slow down, get to know them, kind of do what we're doing now. We're just huh. like you have a more detailed conversation. You really kind of like 
find each other's, you know, passions. You might find a way to help each other out. You know, I think um, that's where, you know, the a lot of doors have opened in our, in our business because of that. So, yeah, yeah I think me being somebody who loves to host and loves to bring people together and loves to build community is why this brand exists. I love it. Well, that's, that's why, like you said, the social works, because you get a chance to not even have the sales conversation. It's just like, you do this, you do that. Oh my God, we are, our missions align. Tell me more about X, Y, and Z. That's so cool. I'll call you on Monday or let's figure it out or whatever. And in Colorado, we really do need each other because it is such an like up and coming situation. Yeah. You need to create your team, whether it's like marketing and branding or like you said, other um, local distributors or local craft cocktail creators. Like you need all these things really to make it work. And it's more fun if you can find the like-minded people you want to work with. Right. And then kind of vibe off their energy and their mission and that kind of stuff. So it really, you need all that to really get by. Mm-hmm. You touched on some great stuff, uh, mental health and community, obviously two pillars of turmeric and tequila. Yeah. Uh, was mental health like a big conversation as you're moving from San Francisco, some from San Francisco to Colorado? Uh, you said it was like about slowing down and whatnot, but being mission-driven and purpose-fulfilling, it was like the mental health always a conscious conversation in the household? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I knew that, you know, restaurants for me weren't sustainable in the long run from yeah. the long hours that they take. Um, I also felt like I had put a lot of my my personal life and, and desires aside in order to work so much. And, you know, it, it, it seemed like, you know, at some point... Um, I was the one suffering for, from my own kind of decisions. And I think, you know, unfortunately, the restaurant industry, especially when you become a manager or owner, like really promotes overworking yeah. um, and doesn't promote looking after your mental health as much. Um, and, you know, I think that I needed to change it up a little bit in order to just get a new perspective, a new, um, a new community, a new, you know, kind of um, yeah, a, a place where, you know, it was just kind of a fresh start for, for me and my wife and, and, yeah. you know, this, um, it also just allowed me to kind of take a step back and realize what was, what was really important. And like I said, after building this company, I, I felt like I've kind of built in a much more sustainable lifestyle where I don't have to work every night or every weekend. Um, I, you know, now have a two year old, so I get to spend time at home and, and, hang out with him. And, you know, just to me, that was like so important as I thought about building this company. I was like, well, I want to build it around my lifestyle. I want to build something that really works for me, for my social life, for uh, my mental health, you know, and and really I, I was able to do that sort of from the beginning. That's awesome. Well, and I think it's important for mission-driven, like purposeful humans. You got to keep the purpose in there. So you got to find the balance of how much can I bleed what it is I want to do and create and keeping the balance of my priorities around my family, you know, relationships, passions, you know, other yeah. athletics, whatever else you want to do. Like, it's really hard to find that balance in doing all things. And yeah. in 2023, I think, you know, you can work from home. You can start your own business. Yeah. And even better, you can hear people's stories and then intentionally shop those products to support people that are like-minded or trying to do the same thing. Right. Yes. And that, I think that's also why um, in our like employee handbook, like our, our company's, you know, vision and values are very much just, they're, they're mine, you know, they're my values sure. that I try to live every day, but try to infuse into our company. And it kind of helps me stay focused on the things that, uh, continue to give me energy as well. You know, I think that is an important, um, 
for sustainability of a company is like sustainability of the founder. Like what, what is going to allow you in the long run, you know, five, 10 years from now to still be, you know, excited about going to work. And I think some of that is um, building in, you know, your own passions. You know, I love to host people. I love to be creative. I love, you know, building community. Um, I love kind of being playful at work and kind of, you know, you look at our Instagram, we have a lot of like uh, videos around comedy and stuff because it just kind of makes it more fun to like be be a part of. And sometimes those, that's the content that does the best for us. It's just us being silly behind the camera. Being the human. Yeah. Like letting that relatable yeah. thing. Like marketing and branding has changed so much, which is so good because it went from this like super strict, stringent, like keep it all together to like a little bit messier, a little bit more realistic. And it's like, oh, this business doesn't have every single piece together or they actually have fun on the job or, you know, this, this, and this, or they're really open about sharing their core values and um, or mission, vision, values to like to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just gotten so much more humanized, which yeah. is, is really nice because that's really what we need in this world in general is connection and knowing that like we all kind of don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of grace within that. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about like core values or mission, vision, values that are for you personally because attitude always reflects leadership. Yeah. Um, that are particularly important that you carry on to the business. Sure. Um, well, I just mentioned a few of them, but like. I try to put like love and passion into everything I do. I think that's why, you know, I started here of just like, hey, these are things that I am passionate about. And I think when that comes across to our employees or to, um, you know, our, the customers when we're at a market or something, I think, I mean, you can taste it as well. Like we use premium spirits because we think you should really enjoy you know, what you're drinking. You shouldn't have to shoot it. You know, yeah. you should really, these are <laughs> sipping cocktails yeah. for a reason. Like you want to savor them. Yeah. And just the same way, you know, I like savoring a cocktail. I want to savor conversation or connection. And so, you know, to me, that's kind of what we uh, build into our cocktails, but it's also what we try to build into any event that we're hosting or you come to our tasting room. And it's like very much centered around like, hey, you're here, like slow down, take your time, sip on this. You know, we, we don't have anything we're shooting. We're just kind of yeah. like, you know, it's a very um, chill environment that I think is really meant to to build and bring connection. I love that. Yeah. Well, community obviously sounds like a major part of your yeah. DNA. Uh, did you do any like personally like coaching or therapy or anything that helped you kind of like organize this conscious like internal conversation? Because this isn't I'm, I'm 43 just turned. Yeah. And this, these aren't conversations that I grew up with. And I'm so fortunate that mostly as an athlete, you know, and, and a lot of like human optimization clients that I've worked with. It was like neurofeedback and then like yeah. personal coaching. And I didn't know I needed it. I did. But it wound me to those things. I'm like, oh, this would have been great 20 years ago. Right. But did you do anything like that um, that helped facilitate I, I've, this? I've done a lot of personal work, you okay. know. Um, yes, therapy. Um, I did my yoga teacher training because oh, I really nice. wanted to you know, kind of further my practice there. Um, I've done a lot of like meditation retreats and I feel like all of those have really kind of led to me to realize, like, I always felt like I used to have like a separate like work Tim and a play Tim and that those never felt like very cohesive. And I honestly feel like now I get to live like one person throughout. And I think that's why I don't ever feel like I'm like having to put on a character to be somebody that I'm not. Yeah. Um, And I think through also starting you know, multiple different businesses, it took me a while to realize that I wanted a business that 
uh, felt like a direct reflection of me and my values and that that was going to be a key to, to sustainability. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. to be honest, especially on a tour, there is no other way. Yeah. Like you either have to bleed it. Otherwise, you're just going to have such resistance trying to stay in it. Yeah. There'll be a point where hopefully you sell. But if not, it just it goes the other direction <laughs> and it's no good. When you felt kind of that pull of two different people, because this is like very much like the ethos in yeah. and tequila. Did you feel like it was you that kind of had that narrative of being two different people? Or do you think it was like society being like, no, this is work and this is play? Like, where do you think that narrative came from? Um, probably a little bit from society of like feeling that I needed to be this like, you know, I don't know, hyper masculine businessman yep. um, and play that role and, you know, not you know, be like, uh, cause you know, love to be playful and party and dance and, and yeah. things like that as well. So, um, I just felt like I had to keep those worlds separate. Yes. Through society. Um, but also I think because I felt like the, the projects that I was working on, you know, the restaurants either that I was launching for other people or even myself, I didn't feel like were ever like a true reflection of me. Cause I was still discovering who that was. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it really took a lot of personal work to get there, to get to the deeper part of it until I didn't have a choice, but I can only be me. There's only one me. Yep. So that's what I'm going to represent to the world. I'm going to be, you know, happier that way. And then to let, you know, a business kind of come forth naturally after that um, has felt like in some ways not as much of a struggle as it was to uphold this, you know, this dual personality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's literally what it's all about. Cause I think it is, well, it's society or it's our internal monologue, but a lot of times our internal monologue comes from like how we were raised and yeah. that society impact in there. So it's, it's coming from one direction or not, but it's hard. I think, especially for our generation to kind of t take a pause on it and then decide to consciously be like, wait a second, what can I actually do here? Cause outside of the business model and making money and doing the purpose you got to remember this is our life and like our days are yeah. numbered. So you actually got to enjoy the ride and you got to right. find the balance. And if that's going from this crazy high stress restaurant industry to like a high end yogi and then doing craft cocktails, <laughs> like I love it so much because even though it doesn't make sense, it makes perfect sense yeah. because we wear all these hats and we do all these things. Right. And that's why I love talking about it. Cause like I, I, our young people in particular, I really want them to know like, Usually with all these little juxtapositions that don't make sense, make sense. But yeah. even more importantly, it's it's arrows pointing us on like stuff you should be doing right. and passions you should be following and doing all these things that don't fit together and then channeling into one zone that makes you your most purposeful self for yes. the greater good. So yeah. that's a really cool journey. I mean, it was really like pinball machine <laughs> of like different things. But right. It kind of makes sense. It does make sense. And I think I know for me, you know, I went to business school and I felt like that was you know, looking back on that now, it was super helpful to kind of learn how business works. But it's sure. also like the way that business is taught is very like very masculine, yeah. you know, and very like this is how it's done. And so you try that on. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't feel good. You don't know another path. So you have to learn. You have to see what else is out there. And I know from doing the work on myself, it felt better to be more balanced, to have a more balanced masculine and feminine approach to life. And so that's now how I treat my my business is just kind of looking at it from a more balanced state, not a certain like prescription of this is how you have to do it. Yeah. But, you know, there might be new ways of doing it and, you know, learning from also just seeing like everything around you as a teacher, mm -hmm. you know, from my little two-year-old to For how sure. other people are, are doing businesses or, you know, just why I love, you know, coming on your podcast is like, I'm probably going to take something away 
today that I learn and, and like incorporate that into who I am and, and into my business. Hey, I hope so. Yeah. That's the best compliment ever right there. I hope so. Make it good. Just don't take that with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think that's so great. And it's, and that masculine energy, it's so funny because it's like, that's so true. I mean, how do you think women going through it feel? Or it's yeah. just like, do this. And you're like, oh my God, I need like my best skirt suit <laughs> to like yeah. do all the things. Uh, but what's really cool, and I'm curious to notice if you've noticed a change, our young people's approach to things mm-hmm. are so different. Social media obviously has come up and um, they're not as quick to buy into things. They've gro- grown up with like this overexposure of things, which obviously yeah. has positive negatives, but they don't buy into uh, things. I think we automatically did right um have you noticed that with some of your clientele obviously it's 21 plus but have you noticed shifts over these past few years on like how the clientele interacts different or talks about it different or anything like that certainly yes um you know also we've we've found a lot of success working with local influencers mm-hmm. and so i've i've gotten to like kind of work and, and you know find their take and a lot of them are you know kind of younger you know 20 somethings who really understand uh, what it takes to build an online community and speak to a certain uh, you know, group of people. And so just hearing how they work and some of their feedback and, um, you know, I think has been super um, helpful. Yeah. Um, but I think the the thing that I've appreciated that they really enjoy about our cocktails or, you know, our tasting room is just that um, it's, you know, it's the, 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 the vibe, the energy that we've kind of put into it that is uh, very... Uh, makes it very easy for people to host at home or to have a cocktail party at our at our tasting room, um, because I think people really care about quality. And if we, can, if we can communicate, you know, the the quality of what's you know in our in our cocktails, um, it kind of just takes like pressure off. Like they know it's going to be good. They know they're going to be like happy and proud serving it to their friends. And I know that like that's kind of where we started. Is just like I want something that I'd be proud serving in my own home, you know, given my, my background and everything, my standards are pretty high. Yeah. And I just didn't see a lot on the market that really was something that I would serve to my, you know, friends or family. Um, and I think it, once you kind of realize that like, okay, well, this is where we're coming from. We're coming from a place of like, we want you to, to, to feel comfortable with the quality product. It kind of just like takes, uh, makes things easy for people. Yeah. So, well, I think yeah. the magic really, even alongside the product, is just creating that space. Yeah. And like a super warm, welcoming space. And that just, we just don't get a lot of that in this world anymore. And I think back in the day, that's kind of why Starbucks did pretty well early on. Like the coffee, whatever your opinion is on it. It was a space to do quicker business or have conversation. And it kind yeah. of created like this warm environment. And that was the like the initial ticket to the success. So yeah. I think holding space in with not such a corporate vibe. Yeah. Um, and really showing up and like, hey, how are you? This right. is this. And like, I really put every ounce of love. Like, I want to tell you about this. People mm-hmm. really adhere to that nowadays. Like they want to slow down. They want to hear about yeah. it. We don't always have time. But it's when you do, you can constantly be like, oh, I really want to take, I really want to go when I've got a couple hours, when I can do yeah. this. Well, and you still got to come by the tasting. I room. do. I do. It's, um, <laughs> I'm one so, of those. You know, how we built it out is we have these beautiful little living rooms. And so, you know, it's kind of fun that you come in, you're, you walk into a warehouse, you kind of think you're in the wrong place, but it has a little bit of a speakeasy vibe. Yes. And, you know, these little living rooms are kind of built to just make people feel really comfortable. It's not set up like a very open, loud bar. You go into a little, you know, living room and kind of sit and have a cocktail. We had people like then join other people and make friends in those oh, rooms. Cool. Okay. Um, and I think what's really, you know, uh, awesome as well is we've been in that space a year and a half and realizing like we already need a bigger space. That's we awesome. need, so 
you know, if I can put that out into, you know, to the community out there is like, hey, we're looking for a new space. We're looking for something a little bit larger um, so that we can host more people. You know, there's a lot of demand we're finding out there for uh, the type of space that we provide and, you know, uh, to connect with more people. And, and then a lot of people really like being able to host events with yeah. us. So, um, you know, we want a, a bigger space so we can do both. I love that. And it's, uh, I, I like, it's kind of like the, the build it and they will come. Yeah. Cause it wasn't really a traditional approach to like downtown Denver and the bar scene. And sometimes you just don't know. I know you had like extensive background and research and experience. Yeah. Still, it's still a new market. Denver's a little bit finicky yeah. on things. You know, Lakewood is in downtown Denver. Like, did you have any apprehension about taking this um, sort of leap? It, well, we knew we needed a production space and we are technically still in Denver. We're just like oh, okay. Southwest Denver, okay. um, right off of like Santa Fe and Mississippi. Okay. Um, so, you know, I think what we realized is we were very much off the beaten path, which was great for, you know, our production, but we weren't sure if the tasting room would really kind of take off there because it's, you know, very much just in a warehouse district that, right. you know, isn't very traveled, but, I think we've done a really good job of of getting people there and, you know, getting people excited about a space that isn't in downtown Denver. Yeah. Um, and so we've kind of had to build, you know, from the ground up there, but it's really turned out that it was a great decision for us. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. there's a massive market. If you yeah. can connect accordingly, because some things out here are still a little bit disconnected. And that's why I like to get my, my Denver people out because we're all like mission driven people, but it's still kind of hard to find one another in some capacity out here. Yeah. Um, but if you can tap in, I think a lot of people do want something that's not in the mainstream city and yes. that has like this different kind of experience or whatever it might be. Like they're, they're, they're out here. And I do think too, you can be intentional about your marketing stuff, but if you bleed it genuinely, like yeah. the energy will come through, like yep. it, it'll happen. Yeah. Well on that note, so tell me like about the hard part. Cause like entrepreneurship from the get go is never an easy thing. Yeah. And there's, it's, it can be glamorous, but it can also be really brutal, especially, you know, married with kids and like all these, like all these liabilities, mm -hmm. essentially tell me about some of the hard part and how you stayed in it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think initially we, we didn't even honestly know what it would take to get launched. You know, we uh, were kind of like, yeah, I want to launch this bottled cocktail. But I, at the beginning, almost thought like, oh, maybe I can just go buy brands that you see in a liquor store from a distributor and mix and bottle those like I would do at home, okay. you know, and no, you absolutely cannot do that. <laughs> we had to go through all the same licensing and become a distillery, Oh, even oh, though we don't wow. distill. So we had to get federal licensing, state licensing. It took us, you know, the better part of two years to, like, get those licenses, find a space. Uh, like I said, do that friends and family around. And so I think that, like, stayed in it because I knew that it was the right move. But it was okay. just really a long process, much longer than I thought it was going to be just to get launched. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we just kind of utilized that. It wasn't in a hurry, but we utilized that time to do a lot of test marketing and really kind of dial in the recipes and the product and the marketing. Um, but... I think having a really good business partner has really helped as well. Um, I have certainly had varying degrees of success of that in my past. Um, and so I decided to go into business with a friend who I'd known for, you know, 12 years uh, back from San Francisco. Okay. And um, it turns out that I was like one of the best decisions I made going into this business. So because people say something like friends and family and business can always be a little bit shaky. And I, I've had yeah. actually experience on both sides where it wasn't so great. And it was actually the best thing ever. So yeah. I, I think it depends. I, I think it totally depends. I think in this case, it has really worked out to have a friend that I can 
you know, rely on somebody who, you know, we are rock climbers. So oh, cool. we okay. can have our board meetings, uh, you know, outdoors <laughs> on a rock climbing wall or while we're backpacking or hiking or something. And so it's just nice somebody that you actually get along with and want to spend time with. Yeah. And, you know, you can iterate on your business in these like beautiful places when you're hanging out and not feel pressure again for it to look a certain way that it has to be in an office setting or something like that. You are a Colorado kid at heart, hundred yeah. percent. Like you're taking a meeting <laughs> on a rock climbing thing. Yeah. All you need is like a flannel and a dog. Totally. <laughs> like you're, you're completely <laughs> in. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, okay. So how, and, and how you guys have known each other for 12 years and you've yep. been in business how long? Um, for a couple of years now. Yep. Okay. Okay. Do you have good words of advice of like when you're like, backs against the wall. I don't want to do this anymore. It's really, really hard. Maybe I don't want to do this anymore, but it's just like, yeah. what are we going to do next? Like, do you have any good advice for entrepreneurs that are like in the thick of it? Um, you know, I know for me, I just find ways to connect to myself. So for me, that's getting out in nature. That's doing some yoga, meditation. Um, I'm part of a, a wellness community called Ar Archipelago and I just go there and sauna or they have like breathwork classes. And oh, so cool. kind of, Where's that doing, at? Um, it's uh, off of 7th Street, just like near the aquarium off of oh, the 25. Okay. Yeah. Dang, I'm pretty beautiful. Connected, yeah, it's a beautiful uh, space. Um, but it's just like having those places that, that you go to kind of like tap into yourself again, to re-energize, to get into the right headspace so that you can um, alleviate some of that stress, but then also be in a better decision-making uh, mode. So I know that like if I'm having a hard time making a decision or feeling stressed out, a lot of that is just like I need to process, you yeah. know, I need to get back centered myself and then, you know, go back to the problem. And then oftentimes the solution is there. You yeah. Know? So <laughs> dude, you're perfect. Turmeric and tequila. It's like <laughs> send out whatever. All right, let's go have an old fashioned like yeah. right on to like it's, right to know, the gospel. It's about balance. For yeah. Sure. I yeah. think that, you know, we are you know, a lot of alcohol brands out there like really talk about oh, drink responsibly, but it's like, you know, the, the rest of their branding doesn't match. I think our <laughs> our brand is very much like yeah. drink responsibly and like, you know, live a life of balance. Like, yeah. you know, that's that's really important, I think, to me. And it's important that that's the, you know, what we put out into the world. I love it. Well, so the holidays are coming up and, yeah. you know, it's there was some SNL skit where it's like someone drinking wine and they're like, no, no, give me the holiday pour. So it's like the big glass because family's in town. That's a lot. Like there's yeah. a lot of things going on. Um, has, it's a big season for you guys. So you said, tell me about like anything that's coming out, anything you want to talk about, anything we should look for. Yeah. So, you know, I brought you one of these gift sets. This is our Manhattan series, our little three bottle tasting sets. Uh, we do an Agroni series, we do a Manhattan series, and we are about to release our, our Old Fashioned series. Okay. So that's the newest one in the mix. Um, so these little tasting sets make great gifts. Um, and you get, you know, three different variations on, you know, one of those cocktails. I love it. I also brought uh, the the unreleased uh, gin Old Fashioned, which is part of the Old Fashioned series that is about to come out. Um, so we're very excited for that. We're also adding a, a limited release Black Walnut Manhattan. Oh. Um, so that's just for the holidays. Uh, so when that's gone, it's gone. Okay. Um, so very excited to have a seasonal release as well. Um, and we're popping up at several holiday markets um, in and around Denver. We're doing the Cherry Creek Market again. Oh, cool. And uh, a market, a holiday market in Park Meadows. Um, you can swing by the tasting room and pick up a bottle. We also, as of this year, can uh, ship to now 40 states. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So we have an online uh, retail partner that uh, helps us, you know, uh, expand our network. So if you're looking to give gifts, um, you know, you can ship them from our website uh, all over the country. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Those, that logistical stuff is... We're trying to make that happen with apparel and things. And I'm like, oh, my God, this I just want to host the podcast, like all yeah. this other stuff. Um, that's that's amazing. Uh, where can, like, are you guys in liquor stores or what's the best way to find you? If we are. are. Yeah. If you go to Uncle Tim's Cocktails dot com, we have a store locator. You can find all the stores that we're in. They're mostly around the Denver Metro. Um, and like I said, our website can ship. Um, but you can find all the events that we're going to be at, events that we're hosting, uh, everything on our on our website or on our Instagram. Okay, cool. Um, would you want to share that website? Yeah, Uncle Tim's Instagram? cocktails. Okay, there you go. Yeah, you got it all. Uh, if you're in the Denver area, we'll get. I'll come over there. I'm going to get some B-roll so people can see cool. the, uh, the actual space. Uh, but do you have any good words of advice, human wise or business wise, or anything else? Maybe we didn't touch on that you want to share. Yeah, um, I mean, I think if you know, for I guess entrepreneurs out there, I'll just share you know some of the the things that I've learned, which is. You know, make sure that you you have found uh, something that you can really be passionate about. I know for me that like keeps me excited about going to work every day. Um, you know, hopefully find a good business partner that you are also excited to be uh, hanging out with, making decisions with. You know, and you know how they're going to handle the tough times because they yeah. they they will be there. Um, and you know, I think be willing to to just kind of open up, be vulnerable. You know, share what you love and what you've learned uh, with people and your community. And you'll realize, you know, how quickly that opens doors for you. I think that, you know, it, it took for me, I know, like really, like I said, doing all that, that deep work myself and identifying really what was important to me, what my values are before I think I realized um, how that itself was like the impetus for this business for, you know, um, you know, and, and for me, it could be, it could be baking bread, but if I was living by the same values and bringing those to the surface, it would still build community. It would still like bring connection. It would still be fulfilling for me. You know, my passion and expertise just happens to lie in, in cocktails. There you go. Yeah. I love that. Um, two more questions. Actually, I lied to you, but is there anything <laughs> big that you want or you want to put out to manifest? Uh, maybe you haven't said out loud. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of mentioned it, but I'll, I'll put it out there specifically. We were looking for a new tasting room. Okay. Uh, we are about to launch a Kickstarter to help, uh, sort of fund that move and find us a new space. So okay. you could help by either, you know, letting us know some space that you think is awesome that we should take over. Um, ideally maybe it has some distilling capacity so that we can add, distilling operations, uh, you know, very soon. We'd love to distill some of our own spirits as well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole other level. I know. I'm with it. Um, and this is the last question. What is success to you? Um, success for me is just living my values. You know, I think for me, it's like, it's a feeling. It's like, you know, where, where am I at based on, you know, how I feel about myself. And it's not something that can be measured externally, really. You know, I, I want the business to succeed and, and have success, but I don't want to do it at the cost where I don't feel successful, you know? And I think that's why, for me, it really starts with the inner work, with, you know, my mental health. Um, and then I really believe that that will, you know, kind of bleed into the into the business, into the success of it um, and getting it out there. But yeah, I hope that, 
answers your question. Absolutely. Well, it's so funny because we talk about community mental health and and it really does take a village and individuality, like you doing your own things, embracing the things that make you different, embracing that and accepting it. Then that makes you the best team member you that you can be in our society. It's so much like you don't need to be an individual, be a teammate, do this. And they're not really put together. But I I just echo your statements. I think you said it so beautifully. You've got to lean in, do your stuff, understand yourself, have radical Mm self-acceptance. Then you can show up as like the best teammate and find the path. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, obviously we have our sales goals and, you know, targets and everything that we want to hit and achieve in the coming, you know, years. But I don't think we can get there unless I am the best version of myself. And so I think it's a balance of like, yes, I want to, you know, see the company grow by X percent. But I know that in order for that to happen, I have to be bringing you know, all of me, you know, to, uh, to the business. And in order to do that, I need to be checking in with myself every day, you know, having my morning yoga meditation and really just making sure that when I, when I get to work, I can come with that same, you know, passion and bring all my values to the table. I love it. Amen. So well said. I'm so glad to have you in Colorado. Yeah. You definitely have a Colorado <laughs> heart. Like it's written all over the wall. Awesome. Thank I think that's you. so funny. And there's nothing I love more than a yogi slinging cocktails <laughs> because that's what we need in this world. Um, Zen Dao and then still doing like a little bit of the party side with yeah. like really conscious conversation. Awesome. That's amazing. Well, so, thanks for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Maybe down the road, we'll figure out how to do like uh, a turmeric and tequila tasting or party or yeah. something in your space. So we'll do something creative and get some of our Denver friends in the mix. Awesome. Well, one of the cocktails we're working on for next year is a Mezcal Negroni. Oh, so, well, how your girl? Yeah, okay. that, you know, that fits for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what, tell me about like, um, I can tell you with this off camera, obviously, but um, Kickstarters or events, like we always yeah. try and bring the community back together cool. and we We've got fitness events. So if you ever want to sample, I mean, we always just try and make it yeah. all work because it really does take a village out here. Yeah, it does. Um, but on the flip side, we have some really big movers and shakers that are doing big things. Yeah. So, you know, okay. just got to have a good time, do some yoga and shake hands. Right. Good. Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we'll reconnect soon in this new space. Sounds good. Thank all you, right. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.